You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Uh, I have today with us uh, a wonderful guest, uh, Sean Morton, who's at Duluth High School. She is one of the orchestra directors there, along with uh, another legend and veteran, Peter Lemons. Um, but Sean has been um, amazing in terms of just how she organizes things, and she's just very thorough, and uh, she's very motivating for her students. And um, so I wanted to bring her on. Um, they're kind of in a special situation. Um, originally, they were told that students would have a choice, um, and then uh, then the district changed their mind when all the rest of the districts in the Atlanta area were going uh, to 100% virtual and online. And then uh, during their pre-planning days, they were told that they were going to back to parent-student choice. And so um, Sean has been um, in her uh, classes for a few days, and uh, we're going to kind of just talk to her today and get to figure out what's going on and how she feels. And hopefully, uh, you know, it'll alleviate some of the anxiety that you might have out there in getting started with the school year. Um, here in Georgia, we start pretty early compared to the rest of the nation. So um, we're kind of the guinea pigs right now. And uh, you're hearing stories from uh, on CNN and wherever else uh, all about what's what's going on. Uh, in in Georgia schools because we start the earliest and we're we've kind of been thrown into it. So uh, welcome, Sean. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be on here. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I've always been impressed with all the things that you do and the way that you motivate and the way that you um, organize everything and just very thorough. Like I said, so tell us a little bit about um, just first tell us about yourself and your background so we can get to kind of know who you are. Well, I'm um, a Georgia product. Um, I grew up in Gwinnett County where I teach. So I started uh, playing viola in the school system in Gwinnett County in sixth grade at Duluth Middle. And I was one of those kids that I joined orchestra because my friends were all doing it. Um, Seemed like, okay, well, I'll do this. Everybody else is doing it. So, and they needed viola. So I was like, well, I'll do that. That sounds fun. (laughs) Little did I know that was the perfect instrument for me. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. I love playing viola. It's definitely my instrument. But, um, you know, came up through the middle school, um, went to Duluth Middle School, kind of funny, um, <laughs> teaching the cluster I went to school in. And then um, my uh, freshman year of high school, Collinsville High School, was a brand new high school and was redistricted. Um, didn't want to go. My parents said, too bad. We're not driving you to Duluth every day, so you're going to go to Collinsville. And um, Walked into John Harriman's classroom, uh, or really orchestra legend around here, and um, didn't like him at all the first day. Told my parents I wanted to quit. <laughs> and they said, uh, false, you're not quitting. We paid for this instrument. You're going to do it. So I wasn't a really motivated student at the time, and I was intimidated. Um, a lot of the students that were in the orchestra program at Collins Hill had come from a different middle school and were really, really great players. And Thank goodness my parents pushed me because, um, and, you know, really encouraged me. And John Harriman was such an inspiration. And by my sophomore year, I'd taken lessons all my freshman year. He really inspired me. And I worked my way into the top group and got really excited about orchestra and went from wanting to be an aerospace engineer to wanting to be an orchestra teacher. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, You know, you have kids and I have uh, kids and, and sometimes they think they know what's best for them and and they want to do this and that. And, and, it does take the parent to, uh, you know, give them that little nudge sometimes to make them realize that 
you're going to miss out if you don't try this or at least, you know, make an attempt. And, and sometimes like in your case, it was life changing. I can't imagine if my parents had let me quit. Um, and they were really involved um, orchestra parents. They were booster presidents there. And at one point, Gwinnett County um, tried to cut the string programs uh, when I was in high school. And my parents were a big part of actually saving the string program. So I always thank them for my job still. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's really funny. I mean, you know, you're probably making four times the salary as an aerospace engineer. <laughs> I probably would be, but I don't think I'd be near as entertained in my daily life. <laughs> So um, I uh, yeah, finished out my time at Collins Hill and loved every minute of high school orchestra. It was just the best. It, my friend group was there and just, it meant so much to be my social group. And John was such an inspiration as a teacher. And I really model a lot of things I do after his teaching. And then I went to the University of Georgia um, and studied music education. Uh, I studied viola with Mark Sedell, who we call our viola papa. He was fantastic and a great teacher. And um, I owe a lot of, um, ooh, a lot of tears those first few years to him, <laughs> but also um, he really pushed me to be very detail oriented about what I do. And I got a really good experience at UGA and then came back to Gwinnett to student teach with Sydney Mullard and with John Harriman. Um, so that was really great. And then uh, did five years in the middle school classroom, which I loved at Five Forks Middle School. That was my first job out the gate. And then I've been at Duluth for 14 years. Wow. Awesome. Hard to believe. <laughs> and uh, you have a great co-teacher who... I do. He's amazing. Um, I have learned so much from Peter Lemons. Um, also, he is tons of fun, but really such a gifted music teacher and just does great work with the kids. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's great to get to know you. And I, there th I, th I thought I knew you pretty well, but there's a couple <laughs> things I learned as, as well, just listening to you talk. So uh, tell us about your, 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 your school so people know kind of what it is about and what, what it's like. And then we'll get into what's going on. Yeah, so um, my school is a Title I school. Um, we have about 2,700 kids enrolled in the school. The orchestra program is about 315 students. So we have a huge orchestra program, um, which is great. Uh, we really enjoy that. Um, our school is very diverse. It's about 30% Hispanic, 35% Black, and then uh, the rest is about Asian and white kind of mixed in there for the remainder of the 40%. So um, it's a great environment. I love Duluth. The community is very strong there. Um, we serve a lot of apartment complexes and a lot of um, what would be considered transient housing, but our students tend to stay once they arrive at the high school. Sure. And um, you, you guys have had some, you know, accolades as far as, you know, going to Midwest uh, several times and, and all that. So um, yeah, yeah, we've been very fortunate to have great student musicians mm -hmm. to take them a lot of fun places. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, so tell us a little bit about, I guess, what, what's going on, you know, I know that it's it's sometimes difficult for teachers to talk, to speak out and speak their minds, and you don't necessarily have to speak your mind. You can speak the facts. <laughs> we want to be, you know, we all need to be respectful towards our schools and towards our district and towards the leadership that makes decisions, whether we agree or not. Um, you know, we don't really have that choice. We can put a, put in our voice, but in the end, um, we are doing what uh, our leaders think is in the greater good of what we need to be doing. Um, and we may not always agree, um, but I, I think it's important for us to, as, as professionals and as educators, to also kind of uh, 
you know, not overstep our, our boundaries as far as uh, our voice. And, and uh, you know, uh, you don't want to be on that, on that negative side of your administration. You know, it's sure. important that uh, we keep that relationship strong and healthy. And, and uh, yeah, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about what, what's going on. So um, <laughs> Guadalajara is a huge district. We're about 185,000 students. Um, I think right now the numbers have fluctuated quite a bit. Um, we're on our fourth plan for bringing students back. <laughs> We've had a lot of changes this summer. Um, and obviously I'm a very, um, I love my district. I've gone to school there. I've taught there. It's my home. I, I always call myself a little bit of a Gwinnett snob. Um, <laughs> But it's been a challenging time to be a teacher at our county. Um, so the current plan allows for students to choose um, in-person or digital learning for the first semester. Um, that's finally the plan we're on. So right now, the students for the first two weeks of school are digital, all digital. And then starting August 26th, there's a roll-in plan where at each building level, the youngest grade will come back in. So at the elementary level, kindergarten, first, second will come in. The middle school level, sixth grade, and the high school level, ninth grade will come back in. Okay. The following week, they'll welcome the next grade level. And then the final week, the last grade level. So like we'll get ninth graders back first, then 10th grade, and then the third week, 11, 12. Gotcha. That's the plan. <laughs> and then the digital students will remain digital, and we will be required to teach um, digital and in-person students simultaneously. Okay, so you're doing some synchronous lessons that are being live recorded or broadcast, I guess. What, what are you guys using there? We're using Zoom. Um, we have the flexibility to use Google Meets as well. Okay. And we have access to Teams. I know your county is uh, very Microsoft heavy. <laughs> Must be Teams and nothing but Teams, which I am not a Microsoft person. Um, it was a lot of... Uh, hard feelings on my part. I was totally uh, in the Google Classroom ecosystem and, and loved the Google products and the Office suite that they use and all that. And so now um, I'm having to become a Microsoft person. I'm also on the uh, district Vanguard team, technology team. And so now I have to be trained as a Microsoft innovative educator. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, so th they're just really shoving the Microsoft software and uh, platform down my throat. They're loving that, huh? <laughs> but I, I'm taking, I, I was kind of resilient, like res, like resisting that at first, but now I'm, I'm kind of having to embrace it because I know that there's no choice and it's only going to make me stronger as a technology person to have another platform. Multi-platform, yeah. I mean, it, it's nice. We're lucky to have that flexibility for yeah. sure. Yeah. And we are using Zoom. That seems to work the best for us. Um, and I love the ability to run the attendance reports and stuff. Mm -hmm. so that's been really helpful. Okay. And so um, what, have, what have you done so far? I know you said you were only digital. And, and I had thought when, when, when I had asked you, I thought you had already been, you already had kids live in the classroom. But obviously, you're having to plan a lot, make those preparations. Tell us about some of the things that you're planning. Um, and then maybe we bring you back on for like a little mini episode. <laughs> Once you've been in those trenches and you're like, oh, this worked, this didn't work. <laughs> watch out for this, do this, don't do that. Yeah. But go so, ahead. So we're planning and we've been planning since, since we found out that that change was going to happen a lot sooner than we thought. Um, <laughs> oh, so many plans. Um, so we're looking at using a swivel camera. I don't know if you're familiar with that technology. Yeah. Uh, if you want to explain a little bit to our audience so they know what a swivel is. 
It's a camera that um, attaches to base to an iPad and the base rotates and it tracks you and records you from a, a device that's attached to your shirt or whatever. And it'll track you as you're walking, talking and teaching and record you. It's like a motion sensor that picks up where you move to and it just swivels. That's what they call that. Mm -hmm. Rotate. And basically it's, it's an automatic camera mainly, I guess, right? Yes, basically. It's just following you around the room. So it's kind of like eye in the sky. So <laughs> our principal purchased um, swivels for all the fine arts teachers. Nice. Yeah, he's awesome. I have an amazing admin team. So nice. lucky. So for the basic package, I think. Yeah. I think it was about $900 for the basic swivel package. They're very expensive. So I was like, thank you. <laughs> That's so, nice. And, um, you're just going to use that to record? Tell us. So we're going to use that to um, stream. I think we're going to use that while we're going to try to teach simultaneously, you know, synchronous. Um, we're going to see how that works. The other thought is we could always um, record and keep the online kids a day behind the in-person kids. Mm -hmm. um, if we find that it's too cumbersome. We are lucky with two of us. One of us can kind of be presenting to the main classroom kids and the other one can be kind of monitoring the computer side. Oh, um, that's, so, that's, nice. that's really nice to be able to have that. <laughs> We're very fortunate because we do have, and about 50% of our kids are going to be online. Okay. Um, our top class is about 70%. We're going to have 11 kids left in our top group. Yeah, that, that's hard. It's going to be very interesting. So the plan is we've also purchased um, through our booster club, uh, smart music accounts for every kid. Okay. So for each class, the music that we pick is going to be stuff that's available in smart music so that the in-person kids and the online kids will have access to the same music. Perfect. Yes. So we're hoping that that's going to help. <laughs> and and, and uh, one thing I find about generally about any accompaniment, whether it's smart music or something that you make or just play along with this is, is that kids like to be in orchestra because they like to play with other people. And when they're at home practicing by themselves, it's definitely not the same. So any kind of accompaniment, you know, is going to be something that's going to, you know, boost their uh, confidence level and make them hopefully motivate them a little bit more to, to get their instrument out and play along and obviously doing assessments and whatnot, but okay. Well, and that was kind of our thought process because I feel like even if we're back in person, we're going to be bouncing back and forth into the all digital environment the whole year, I believe, just based on, our numbers are still extremely high in Georgia. If people are listening from out of state, it's kind of a hot zone down here. So, um, for the, the first states to, uh, to open everything up really early. And now I think we're paying the price, but yeah, it's kind of a disaster. <laughs> so we're going to, we wanted kids to have that access because we felt like that's exactly what you said is that the kids are missing that environment of making music with another person or other sounds around them. You know, as a viola player, sometimes those parts can be a little bit, <laughs> you know, whole note land. <laughs> so yeah. hearing those other voices, especially we felt like it was really important for the kids that are at home. Um, so we're going to use that as uh, one of our main components this year to keep kids engaged and, um, make sure it matches what they're doing at school. Cause the good thing we, you know, and I don't know a lot about smart music. This is my first uh, kind of entry point in. So we're, we've told the kids, look, we're learning with you. Yay. It's going to be fun. <laughs> putting together my welcome email for tomorrow and I'm just putting the final touches on it. And that's one of my points is 
you know, some things we're going to do are going to work and we're going to continue to use those if they do and, and you like them. And some of the things are probably not, may not work. And if that happens, we won't use them anymore, you know, so. I think that's awesome. I think kids need to see us as human beings. <laughs> right. Ask my parents flexible to be empathetic and understanding as we kind of, you know, route these, you know, uncharted territories and figure it out. I mean, we did have distance learning in the spring, but that was kind of more like just staying alive and uh, flying by the seat of your pants a little bit more. And um, this is, this is going to be hopefully a little bit more methodical and uh, planned out and uh, you know, as regular as possible. We called that emergency teaching in the spring. (laughs) And uh, yeah, flexibility is also um, what we call the new F word at school. Okay. Because it's just everything is being flexible. (laughs) So we're going to try to use that. Um, The other thing that we're going to do is we're trying to keep what we normally do as close to what we normally do, but just how we deliver it. So one of our big things in our community is we do a big parade. We do marching orchestra, which is a whole nother topic of entertainment. (laughs) There's nothing like 300 kids meandering down the road with string instruments. Um, (laughs) But we're going to, our parade is canceled this year, but we're still going to learn the parade tune. We're still going to do the ear hand skills. And we found with the Zoom, like as long as everybody's muted, if we're playing, they can still play it back and it works. There's a lot of call and response. Is that you're you're doing? Yeah. Yes. So we teach all that by rote, build those ear to hand skills at the beginning of the year. That's how we start every school year with our kids. So we wanted to give them that dose of normalcy for our program. Right. And you do the same tunes every year? We or- have two repeating tunes and rotate in a new one every year. Okay. Okay. So that's cool. Then everybody gets something new and the kids who have played it before are just like, oh, they catch on real fast and you know, muscle mm-hmm. memory bring it back. Cool. Exactly. And our eighth graders march with us every year. So those kids coming in already know it. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's really cool. So we're that- trying to keep some semblance of normal. What is that parade normally? Um, it's always the last weekend in September. Okay. So it's a great start to the school year for us. And it's like immediately we don't have to have music picked. We don't have, we can just start right away with that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. So tell us about um, the preparations you're going to make for your classroom that you're thinking about. I know obviously social distancing and those other protocols. I mean, we have it a little bit easier in uh, orchestra than the band and the choir folks do because we don't have to worry about the spray and as much, you know, Um, but tell us what you're doing, what you're, what you're thinking about. So we set up, first thing we've done is we have a, two-way doors we have doors on both sides of our room so we've set up one-way traffic everybody comes in one door and exits out another we've set up a sanitation station outside the main door um, with a huge you know gallon drum of sanitizer (laughs) Um, when the kids come in of course everyone's going to have assigned seats and they normally do but it'll be very strict because of contact tracing yeah Um, and that's just across the board in our county good point yeah, um, it's just going to have to be that way. And so with, the, with the smaller classes, it'll be easier to distance than if you had everybody uh, at the same time. Sure. And still, even with half the kids being there, we're still going to have classes in the 40s. Yeah, you have huge classes. What are your, your classes are? Usually- we have classes into the 80s. Woo! Okay. Yeah, that's just, yeah, and it's great. <laughs> allow for that type of distancing with 40? 
So we measured it out. We have a pretty large room. It's a little over 2,000 square feet in the main room. And we can get the kids about four feet apart front to back and six feet side to side and like the sixth grade type rows that you would start in. That's a good, everybody's going to probably have to re revert to that. Yes, everybody's going to have their own stand. Right, own stand. I'm taking it as a, an opportunity for people to enhance their listening, the student to enhance their listening skills. Yes, uh, <laughs> mine as well, I believe. <laughs> really challenge us. Um, but it'll also, I think, bring a little bit more responsibility on every, every kid to, one, have their materials because they, they have to have their own music. And two, um, just play on their own stand and, and uh, listen, you know. Well, we're going to have every stand. So each kid will have their own folder. We usually, see, we usually do a folder on the stand already with each period's music in it preloaded. Okay. And that way I can check all the markings and make markings when they're not there, et cetera, et cetera. And that way I'm never running around making copies of music for kids. Mm -hmm. It's just an efficiency thing for me. So... <laughs> We've decided we're going to give each kid their own folder, but we've got the, those, you know, folio cabinets that no one ever uses. Right. Um, so we're going to label those up for the kids and they can leave their music in the room because we always um, keep uh, digital copies scanned in and they'll have it in smart music. Okay, right, sure. Practice at home. You're gonna, yeah, all the literature will come from smart music. Yes, yeah, so I want them to not leave their music weird places and just keep it in the classroom. Right. Because they'll end up leaving it in all kinds of strange places. So once they come in the room, though, they'll have to go to their seat. And our kids, like, we're super social with our kids. It's one of the things I love about our kids. Um, I, I've realized doing Zoom the last few days um, how much I rely on eavesdropping on kids' conversations and butting into kids' conversations to always insert myself and, well, tell me about who's going out, with, you know. And it's like, oh, I missed that, you know. So um, that social time that we usually, because we have eight or nine minute transitions at my school because it's a humongous campus. Um, they're going to have to sit down in their seat when they come in and just wait. They okay. can't mill around and socialize, which is going to be a really big change for our kids. Right. Absolutely. Um, and then we'll have to release them by rows to get their instruments and set up and all that. And then they're going to have to keep cases at their seat, which is really different. We don't normally allow book bags or cases in our setup okay. so that we can move through the space freely. Yeah. So that's a big change. Um, and then the plan is for the cellos and basses to whatever instrument they have at home to keep it at school for now. Mm -hmm. And that way nobody is sharing. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Because we don't seem to have a good plan right now um, yet for cleaning procedures. Um, it's, it's really, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of guidelines put out, different, you know, violin shops and Asta and all, you know, they put out their own. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just can't see the time. It's, it's a time thing. It is. And it's a safety thing to some degree with some of these products. Our county looked at UVC. Um, that was the, our director, because I spent most of my summer, I'm the lead teacher for a high school orchestra in our county. And so I spent a lot of my summer working on that stuff. And he said, oh, no, we're going to do UVC. Well, now the county has said, nope, no UVC light in schools. Oh, oh, I didn't know. That. Mm -hmm. So that was like, well, OK, let's drop back and punt. <laughs> OK, yeah. And, you know, there's certain chemicals that are going to be really bad for the instruments. And mm -hmm. you know, even if they're safe for the instruments, if you keep using them all the time, it's going to deteriorate something, you know, whether it's strings or the ebony or if you get it on the varnish. You know, there's, there's lots of things that just 
destroy it. So I, I guess that's a, a great plan if, if you have that capability and you have that the number of instruments available to each could have their own all the time. And know. we're going to, well, and they're going to have to bring some from home, their personal instruments. If we have kids that are involved in a lot of outside things, then we may be able to work something out. Mm-hmm. Our boosters club is offering to possibly rent some additional instruments if we need it. We're just going to have to, again, be flexible and creative, I think. Yeah. Um, things I never thought I'd have to do. <laughs> I mean, never in a million years would I have. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have a big inventory because we're an old school. I mean, um, so that has helped. And we are right now, we've currently collected information from our kids and we, we have enough instruments to service our kids. That's the cool. ones that didn't have one at home. So we're very fortunate. Mm-hmm. So we'll hope it all works out when they <laughs> come back in the building. <laughs> well, it'll be to see you know that the rollout and and i guess that's it's kind of good because it gives you that that opportunity just to do it slowly and take your time and mm-hmm. all group and see how it's going to work um but yeah that's it's it'll be interesting to see how and i again I'd, I'd love to have you back and tell us how it's working and and how it's going even if it's just a little short bonus episode or something we do sure but, sure well, anything else uh, you, you think you'd like to share or that um, that you're concerned about? or? No, I think like all teachers, we're all concerned about, you know, safety. And, you know, we're going to try to – it's hard because I, I can – you know, I'm concerned about how to maintain those social relationships with kids. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important. It's what I thrive on as a teacher um, is those relationships with kids. You know, we're trying to do funny things like – okay, I have my mask and my face shield, but my face shield has a tiara on it. (laughs) (laughs) My other face shield has a cow face because that's our big fundraiser is cow patty bingo every year. So, (laughs) you know, we're trying to find ways to keep the laughter in the room and keep the, keep it fun and engaging and silly because that's what the kids are used to. And I don't want to lose that. I think that's beyond the health concerns. I'm concerned about the, you know, the well-being of the kids at school. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes, that's going through their minds. And, you know, in my, in my letter, I also talked about, I said, no, this is, you know, difficult and you may have gone through a series of emotions and, you know, um, but uh, your orchestra family is here for you. And that's what, what uh, a lot of programs just thrive upon that social part. And it's, it's challenging to recreate that digitally. Uh, So we're going to be using Flipgrid and, and some different things that will allow sharing and, um, but team building, community building is going to be a huge part of what we do. Um, and it's not music related, but I think these kids, they need the, you know, they need the F sharps and all that, but they also need um, a lot more. And um, they're I think- probably not going to get that the same way in math and English and science class. So I think uh, we have that, I would say maybe a moral obligation to help provide that to them and, and um, you know, just go beyond what, what we do with our music part because that the music keeps us pulls us together in a way that uh you know nothing else really does um but at the same time you know we have to work hard on on the non-musical things too keep our kids healthy you know physically and emotionally so you know that's so yes so important i almost feel like our first responsibility this year is to those uh, social emotional needs of kids 
Mm-hmm. And then the music, the F sharp, while it drives me crazy. <laughs> Super important also for my mental health, but um, is almost secondary right now. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure those kids are okay. I want my eyes on them. You know, we haven't had eyes on these kids since March 12th. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a long time. <laughs> long time. Um, and I, I know they're going to be super rusty because, you know, um, and, and I don't know about your numbers, um, but I, a lot of people I've talked to, the numbers have gone down since last year. And I, I know I lost students. I lost some students to uh, virtual school. Um, um, some students are doing a dual enrollment, at, like at Georgia State. They're just full time there. And so they're not doing orchestra anymore. I lost my top bass player uh, to Georgia State virtual virtual mm-hmm. you know, um he just he, he doesn't handle uh, it well you know and so um but there's a lot uh, there's a lot of things going on with our kids and um but the but i'm i'm down at least 10 to 15 kids um wow just decided on other electives and for me i think the biggest the biggest thing that hurt us was not having the spring events the spring concert the banquet the the awards and all that and um I'll have kids that are on the borderline of, you know, staying or quitting. And, and, uh, after that spring concert, they come back and say, Dr. Laux, uh, oh, can, can we change? I want to change my mind. It was so fun, the concert, but we didn't have that. So, um, it was just, I think a downer at the end of the year. And, uh, yes. so I think, um, we're going to feel this for a while, um, the, the trickle down factor, especially in high school, um, you know, but we'll see how it goes. And, you know, it might be something like later on, at least for me, my program is not nearly as big as yours, um, where I, I maybe start a beginning orchestra class at the high school, which we've never had before. But if that needs to happen and, and students are interested, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, we used to have a beginning program at our high school and it was very successful and lots of fun. Um, and our numbers are a little down from what we thought they were going to be. But it seems to be um, we always lose a lot of kids between eighth and ninth, like not not just for orchestra but our school oh wow okay there's a transition there um luckily most of our regular orchestra students that were returning most of them stayed but we had some that just disappeared from the school or you know are doing homeschool or i think that's just across our county is down enrollment wise big time okay yeah. And sixth grade, of course, is a huge issue for all of us. We're all concerned about, like, we had no sixth grade recruitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, obviously, we depend on that, and that's a huge part of our numbers, or we have amazing feeder programs. Um, so, but, you know, I figure we'll make it up somewhere along the way. <laughs> exactly. I mean, uh, everybody's going to be understanding and, you know, for our numbers. And, and uh, again, we'll get through this and, uh you know, hopefully things will start getting back to normal as the vaccine comes out and um, we start to understand what's going on a little bit better, but. Uh, yes. And if we can get our act together in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. That too. Um, but Sean, I want to thank you so much for being our, our guest today. A uh, lot of great information. Um, hopefully uh, all you listeners out there um, were able to take some things away and maybe come up with some ideas. Um, I will share uh, Sean's uh, bio and uh, email address if that's okay. Sure, sure. With our audience. And if you have any questions or, you know, want to know how she's doing this or that, I'm sure she would be uh, you know, glad to get with you and, uh, and respond. So, but thank, thanks again for coming and uh, it's wonderful, wonderful information. So uh, for the Orchestra Teacher Podcast, uh, this is Charles Lauk signing off. Mm-hmm.